The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, a lot of news has come out about the new Disney Park Pass system and what the parks are going to look like. So we're releasing this episode a little bit early in case it can help you make your park reservations starting on Monday, June 22nd. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere you find podcasts. And we really appreciate it if you could leave a positive review. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. If you're looking to plan a Disney vacation and would like the help of a travel agent, feel free to contact Joe, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net, and I can do all the hard work for you at no cost to you. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we're doing a little bit of a, I don't know if I would say it's an emergency episode, but we're doing an episode a little bit early because Disney has dropped a ton of news and some of it might be time sensitive for people. I am recording in my in-law's basement, which is nice and cool, but uh, you may hear it's a little more echoey and I don't know, it, it might it might get crazy. The internet's not as good here, so we'll see how it goes. But a lot of news has dropped, Leslie, so let's get right into it. Let's start with, I guess, the biggest news that the theme park reservation system has been announced. It's called the Disney Park Pass system, and this is for reserving tickets for Walt Disney World. Tell us about it. The bottom line is you got to make a reservation if you want to go to a Disney park, and Disney is going to unveil the system at different points in time based upon your status. So the first date to keep in mind is going to be Monday, June the 22nd. And that's going to be when guests who have theme park tickets and a Disney on property a hotel reservation can make their reservations to enter the park. So that's the big date for the on property hotel guests. And then on June the 26th, four days later, annual pass holders without resort reservations can make park reservations. And then finally followed two days after that on June the 28th by everybody else who's holding theme park tickets, who's already purchased theme park tickets. So a little bit of preference to on-property folks, preference to annual pass holders, and then everyone else. For people who have on-property hotel reservations, for tickets, that also includes AP holders. So I have a reservation for September, and as an AP holder, I will be able to book on June 22nd as well. One quick note, they said they are not making any changes, which is technically true. You cannot change like the dates of your reservation or something like that. But I was able to add my son onto my reservation. Four of us were on that hotel reservation, but he was not. Uh, I'm not sure why. Maybe a middle child thing. So I was able to add him. Um, so, you know, you can do that if you have to. Uh, the trick was uh, I had to ask them to see if they can ask guest services to do it, and guest services was able to do that. So you can still add or, I assume, subtract names from reservation 
if possible. Now, one kind of surprising thing is that apparently this ticket reservation system is going to be open through September 26, 2021. And that's due to the next part of news that kind of dropped with all this. By June 28th, Disney has committed to opening up their hotel reservation system for all of 2021 through September 26. So they're still not going to be selling new hotel or ticket reservations for 2020, but they're starting to fill up next year. Yeah, that's right. This is really interesting. I mean, to open up theme park reservations for more than a year, that is kind of discouraging because I was kind of hoping we'd be back to normal by next September and hopefully way before that. But I guess Disney's just trying to cover their bases and they certainly don't want a situation where people expect to, you know, everything to be back to normal and it's still not. So this may just be hedging bets. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I think it's hedging bets. Disney seems to be saying, you know, maybe it's not going to be normal for a while. You know, there's a lot more news. Before we get to it, I just want to make sure everyone is clear. If you have a hotel reservation and a ticket, make sure to link those to your My Disney experience because if they are not linked, then you're not going to be able to get in on June 22nd. And, you know, I this episode is coming out early. On June 22nd, I plan to test the reservation system and I might release just a solo episode, quick episode about how that process was. But June 22nd at 7 a.m. Eastern, you need to log on to the Disney World website. You you cannot do it from the app, but that's how you're going to be making your park reservations. And I guess we'll see what that looks like on Monday. We're releasing this early just in case people need to know that information if they have ticket and hotels booked. Now, one kind of concerning thing is that if you have a hotel-only reservation booked, but you do not have tickets yet, Disney said that they will be reopening ticket sales, quote-unquote, later. So... If I'm sitting with a hotel-only reservation, I'm not really sure what that means right now. What do you think, Leslie? Yeah, I know a lot of people are in that boat. I I talked to our pal Patty Holiday, who runs the blog No Guilt Disney, and she focuses a lot on Run Disney. And she said a lot of people, her clients, are in that boat because Run Disney folks don't know if these races are going to run and don't want to buy tickets because they're not going to be going if the races aren't being run. So that's that's really a problem, I think, for a lot of people. People don't want to plop down you know the big amount of money that there is for theme park tickets granted you don't ever lose the value of those tickets but if you're not planning to go to disney for a couple years it's a lot of money to sort of be out of right you're like floating that money yeah and i think disney said i'm not i'm not sure exactly for which tickets but like a lot of tickets are going to be valid through september 2021 regardless of like the date that you bought them for if you don't manage to make your trip but you're still floating those hundreds or thousands of dollars in those tickets and like Disney is just sitting on that money as you're waiting to go. Speaking of tickets, one quick update, my annual pass added four months of eligibility. So they added 117 days to my annual pass. That's the amount of time that the parks are due to be closed. I'm curious, did Disneyland update their annual passes yet? Not that I know of because I'm in a really weird situation. My annual pass at Disneyland expired at the end of May and it actually just fully disappeared from my app. So I feel like I'm in the boat where I'm going to have to call and get somebody to bring it back from the dead because it's just MIA. So I, you know, I suspect there are a lot of technical issues. Um, I don't know whether the same thing happened to people with APs that expired during the closure period for Disney World. But yeah, it's kind of a mess. So, <laughs> but, but I do need to bring it back because I don't won't be able to make reservations if the uh, annual pass is not sitting there. So uh, I think a lot of APs are not exactly happy with sort of how everything is shaking out and just kind of the mess that it is. But, you know, it's a mess for everybody. It's a mess for the world. For Disney World annual pass holders 
Goku's expired. Some of them did disappear. Some of them reappeared. You know, I am linked to a friend whose annual pass expired like maybe eight days after the closure. And so, uh, well, I guess it would be 11 days after the closure because I can see in my Disney experience that her annual pass now expires on July 22nd. And I've also heard that people whose annual pass disappeared have been able to call in and make it reappear. So Disney's able to figure it out. It's just, it would be preferable if it was seamless like it is for my friend who now has an expiration of July 22nd, which of course is going to do her no good, but still. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of waiting and seeing. Hopefully in a week or so we'll have something with Disneyland and maybe the annual pass will reappear and I won't have to call and be on hold for two hours. So, but yeah, (laughs) I'm just kind of waiting. (laughs) Avoid that call if you can, folks. Avoid it if you can. I was only I was only on hold adding my son to my reservation for 40 minutes, and that's because I had to call twice because the first cast member could not get through to guest services, so I had to call back. So it was 20 minutes each, so it wasn't too bad. Anyway, before we move on, it's worth bearing repeating. Link your tickets, link your hotel to My Disney Experience. Then if you have both of those things starting at 7 a.m. on Monday, June 22nd, log into DisneyWorld.com. And use the Disney Park Pass system to make your ticket reservations. If you're not able to link it, make sure you call, get everything linked. You know, that's what you have to have done. Again, June 22nd for if you have on-site hotel plus tickets. June 26th if you're an annual pass holder. And June 28th if you have any other tickets uh, but no on-site hotel linked. So quick baseless prediction, Joe, how soon do you think reservations are going to sell out for the first couple of days after reopening? I think the first couple of days will sell out by noon, and I think no other days will sell out except for maybe like Veterans Day, Columbus Day, Christmas. That That's my prediction. All right. We shall see. We shall see. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see you know, will there be enough reservations for the second tier, all the APs that want them? And then, you know, for people who just have tickets but aren't on property, you know, how how many of those will be left out in the cold? Or will this be mostly wide open? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Disney clearly has a good sense of the numbers. They know how many rooms are booked for given dates. So, you know, I have to think that they don't want a massive number of people left out in the cold. I mean, in the Disney groups I'm in and the travel agent groups I'm in and travel agents, you'd imagine are people who are like kind of most raring to go. And of course, Disney groups are people who are most raring to go. So a lot of, and we'll get to the announcements of what the experience is going to look like, but there's a lot of kind of apathy or disinterest or a lot of like, I'm going to put it off to 2021. It's a lot of anecdotal data, of course, but based on all of that, that's why I think, you know, maybe the first couple of days will sell out, but I think aside from big holidays, it's probably going to be okay. I mean, that's my baseless prediction now. I guess on Wednesday, uh, if everything sells out within the first hour on Monday, I can update that. All right. Stay tuned, folks. Well, well, speaking of the diminished experience <laughs> and the uh, tepid reaction of guests, I guess at this point, we should move on to talk about, you know, all of the things that are changing or going away. The first thing that we kind of all knew was going to be the case is there's not going to be park hopping allowed anymore. What's your take on that, Joe? Yeah. You know, when I first heard the rumor, I was like, oh, that's okay. Uh, I can live with that. But then I realized like ever since I've had an annual pass, you know, I've been much more like, oh, I'm going to hit this par for one or two rides and then go here to eat. And, you know, it will take away from my experience. So I'm a little bummed out about that. I do bet that if attendance and reservations are like super low for theme parks for this Disney park pass system, I feel like I'm always using Disney's buzzwords with like uh, sarcastic quotes while I'm talking. But anyway, I feel like if 
the attendance is really low, then they might reinstate park hopping. But then if they hit the capacities that they want to hit, then they probably will keep park hopping away. And that's sad. The next uh, kind of news is that there will be, starting in 2021, no more Magic Bands included with your on-site hotel reservation. Instead, they'll be moving to using your phone more. I know a lot of hotels already use your phone for check-in, um, so I don't have any problem with that in terms of technology. It is a little sad for me to not have those Magic Bands anymore. I mean, it is kind of like a fun moment when the Magic Bands come in the mail. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it does sound like that Disney isn't kicking this to the curb yet. I mean, they're not free. They will be discounted. So I think this is just an extra sort of opportunity to raise revenue. And a lot of people are going to want these for a long time. I joked (laughs) on Twitter that I have this giant stash of um, magic bands in my bedside table. And my husband has been hounding me to throw them away. And I was like, just couldn't quite part with them. And now I feel like the genius because I have quite the stash for everybody in our family. So I won't have to buy any magic bands, but, but I do find them really valuable. I mean, Disney's assuming everybody has a phone and of course that's true for adults, but it's not true of children. You know, my daughter doesn't have a phone yet. She's 11 and you know, I do let her, you know, leave us in the parks and come meet back up 20 minutes later. And it's nice that she has a magic band to access her, you know, fast pass or whatever she wants to do or to charge something if she wants to. And, you know, you have to think about that. Not every guest has got the phone capacity. Yeah. If your kid's splitting up, that's a problem. I wonder for kids, if it's going to be one of those situations where like, if you have your online boarding pass for a plane on your phone, you kind of swipe through. Um, so in terms of entrance, it should be fine. But yeah, if and when FastPass comes back, that'll be problematic, especially if your kids are old enough to split off, but they don't have their phone yet. Yeah, we do this in Disneyland all the time because, you know, with MaxPass, it's tied to a phone or to your park ticket. So when we do split up and my kids, you know, don't have a uh, phone, I have to give them their park ticket, which scares me to death. So I think a lot of people will find that the convenience of magic bands are still there and will probably pay pay for the privilege. All right. And then a couple of other updates. Uh, two negative. The Halloween party is officially canceled. H2O Glow Nights, which happen at the water parks, are also canceled. However, they are going to have the longest food and wine ever. On July 15th, when Epcot opens, they will have a modified food and wine experience, and that's going to run all the way through November. So Halloween party, I think we kind of predicted that this was going to happen. If you have no parades, no shows, you know, how are you going to have a Halloween party? H2O glow nights, we're not big water park people, so we didn't think about that too much. But, you know, I think that does stink for people who really want to do that. Longest food and wine, what do you think, Leslie? I mean, it makes sense. I mean, this is kind of food and wine meets flower and garden, as I understand it. And and Disney had done all the work to get flower and garden rolling and then, you know, didn't really (laughs) failure to launch a little bit. You know, the parks closed almost right away. So, you know, I think that's great. It's great that it sucks up a lot of people. And, you know, it's an event where people can kind of naturally space out. So it makes sense to keep running something and having something special for people to experience when so many other things in the parks are having to be canceled or done differently. So I'm I'm for it. What about you? Yeah, I think it'll be good. I think Epcot was already going to struggle attendance-wise, and that's just a good way to get people in the park. But in fact, food and wine is what made me think, oh, it kind of stinks that there's no park hopping anymore because I love being at Epcot, like eating lunch and then walking over to Hollywood Studios or something like that. And so that's, you know, not in the summer, of course. But anyway, that's an option that's no longer available. But I think it's great that they're having that. All right, so just today, before we started recording, and probably 
I'm sure you know, Disney's been announcing stuff like every six hours. But anyway, Disney announced what attractions are going to be open in each of the parks. And a lot of stuff is going to be open. It's actually easier to talk about what's not going to be open. So, you know, let's run through these. So what's not going to be open in the various parks? All right. So over at Hollywood Studios, the things that are going to be closed are the Frozen sing-along, um, the Indiana Jones stunt show, Voyage of the Little Mermaid, and Star Wars Launch Bay. These are all shows, so makes total sense to me, right? Yeah, I'm a little surprised about Indiana Jones stunt show because that's like an outdoor amphitheater, and I feel like you could spread people out, but uh, you know maybe they don't think it's worth it. And you know there is a lot of explosions and fire and stuff, so maybe they don't want to you know invest that much if they're only going to half fill the theater. And it also you know they get members of the audience to go up and take part in getting punched. Maybe you know that's why. And maybe they don't want the cast members to be punching each other. It's too close. Why don't you tell us about Animal Kingdom? What's going on there? All right. So cancel the Animal Kingdom, Finding Nemo the Musical, Primeval World, and Up a Great Bird Adventure. Yeah. So I'm a little surprised here. I think, okay, first of all, Primeval World, they never want that to be open. So no surprise there. Up a Great Bird Adventure, I'm guessing they just didn't get enough traction because, again, like Indiana Jones, it's outdoors. You could spread out, like sit every other bench and things like that. The interesting thing is Finding Nemo the Musical is closed, but it does not seem like the Festival of the Lion King is closed. So obviously they're comfortable having indoor shows, but there's just some kind of determination going on there about which exact shows are going to be open. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I wonder if it just has to do with popularity or maybe, like you said, with, you know, how close cast members have to get to one another or how protected they feel. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting. And it'll be interesting to see how, you know, guests are spaced in these indoor amphitheaters and whether people feel comfortable with that. Because, uh, you know, personally, I'd be way more comfortable in an outdoor environment. Yeah, and there's like a lot of shouting in Festival of the Lion King, so... Okay, so that's the big question mark for us, I guess. <laughs> so pay attention, folks who were heading there the first couple of days. We want to know about Festival of the Lion King. All right, so moving on to Epcot, it only looks like Beauty and the Beast sing-along is going to be closed right now. And that's the new show that was in the France Pavilion. And again, it feels like one of those situations where that show was not very well-reviewed, and so maybe like it's not worth bringing it back. Yeah, very interesting because there certainly are a couple of other indoor theater shows, you know, O Canada, you know, over the American Pavilion as well. So I guess those are open and I guess there's room to space there. Yeah, I mean, Reflections of China is even open and that's like everyone is standing there and like leaning on the handrails and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of cleaning that's going to have to happen there. So obviously some of these indoor shows that are closed are probably because of demand, like it seems like Disney is deciding what's worth it to keep open. Yeah, that's right. And of course, with parks being at substantially reduced capacity, maybe the thinking is that they will be naturally, easily very distanced. You know, if you reduce capacity, then maybe very few people are going to see something like Reflections of China, and it's just not a problem, and it does eat up a few people from being an, on, at other attractions. That's right. I totally agree with that. Anyway, finally, the last thing to be closed in the Magic Kingdom. I know your heart's broken, Leslie. <laughs> My heart is broken. Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. Out of all the things in the Magic Kingdom, this is the only thing closed. What is up with that? It's just a taunt us, Joe. It's just... <laughs> they knew we needed something to talk about in this podcast, so uh, that's the reason. But no, I mean, again, I think it has to do probably with 
popularity and of course with the proximity and you remember the queue for that is kind of bunched up so it might just be kind of hard to move people through that and, and just not worth not worth the effort with so many other things available at magic kingdom i agree i agree and anyway sorry i lied it's not only monster sink laugh floor enchanted tales with bell is closed as well which of course makes sense since that's a tiny room and you can barely fit any people in there but monster sink laugh floor i'm actually surprised because you can fit a ton of people in there and you can space them out pretty well so I guess they don't want us to have fun anymore, Leslie, now that we know that Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor is enjoyable for our corny kids. Uh, I'm really just lamenting the fact that there's there's not a chance to, to get you mocked here for the rest of 2020. So, oh well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Monster, that's when Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor definitely peaked. Uh, it's all downhill from there. All right. So I want to swing back to Hollywood Studios very quickly. Um, Savi's workshop is going to be closed. That's the lightsaber building. Or at least they're not... Uh, officially announcing that it's going to be open. But the real kind of big rumor that has not been confirmed yet, but that we started seeing this morning is that Disney will be using no virtual queues or single rider lines at all. Single rider lines, not surprising because single rider lines, the goal is to cram as many people in as possible, which is the opposite of what physical distancing is about. But no virtual queues, rise of the resistance. What is going to happen there? That, I don't, I don't even like, that sounds a little Um... suspect. It does. I mean, I guess there will just be like a physical queue that stretches with parties six feet apart, like all the way to the entrance of Hollywood Studios. I don't know. That's that's blowing my mind a little bit. But they're going to have you ride the Skyliner as you wait. You know, the Skyliner is going to work as a queue. That's how far it's going to extend. Yeah, but you know, maybe maybe with capacity being so reduced and people not being able to park hop, it's the worst case scenario is is not going to be that bad. Maybe that's the, the reality. Uh, that's a great point. You know, they know how many people they're going to let in that park, and of course, people are going to be trying Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway as well, which I know we've all forgotten, but was only open for like two weeks. So maybe it won't be that bad. You know, there's only so many things you can do at Hollywood Studios, although. With Rise of the Resistance, it, I do feel like people are just going to go ride it multiple times. So maybe I I think they're going to walk back no virtual queue on Rise of the Resistance pretty soon, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I think that makes sense as well. I mean, we're saying th- these are all the rules for the first day of opening, but as soon as something doesn't work, Disney will pivot so quickly. I mean, that's what they do so well. Yeah, and I'm, that's a great point. You know, this is all what they think is going to work right now, but I think as they have experience, they're going to adjust. So yeah, all these things are going to be subject to change and they should because, you know, that's how you get the best experience possible. All right, closing things out, dining changes. Buffets are going to be moving to family style. This is a rumor, but this is not a huge surprise. Right now, you can only make reservations if you have an on-site hotel reservation for the dates between now and when the parks open. So you can't even make any dining reservations for when the parks are open. So that's something people can know. You have to actually call a special number to do that as well. So dining reservations are still nowhere close to normal yet. And then finally, in terms of the experience, character cavalcades. So, you know, there's going to be no meet and greets. So what is this, what is this character cavalcade that's going to replace that going to look like? So it just sounds like they're going to have lots of different groups of characters out in kind of unique ways and kind of these mini shows. Like they mentioned in the press release that these character cavalcades will be going down the Magic Kingdom parade route and maybe sailing on the waterways of the Animal Kingdom. So there will be, you know, these are almost like kind of mini shows. So I guess that kind of helps stop the bleeding a little bit for in terms of like not having the parades if you're going to have a little bit of something to sort of stop and see as it passes by. 
we'll have to see how this all looks. Um, and so we're getting closer. And yeah, I mean, it's nice that Disney is dropping all this information. We are like less than a month away. So it'll be very interesting to see how all this shakes out. I'm sure we missed some things. I'll catch up on those, you know, if I uh, get to record an episode for this Wednesday. But that pretty much covers it for now. For today's Disney Do and Don't, this will be our last piece of news. Our Disney Do is do bring a ton of masks if you plan to go to Disney World. Because not only is Disney World enforcing masks and Universal enforcing masks, masks are becoming very serious in Orange County right now because cases have been spiking and Orange County itself has put out a regulation that masks must be worn in all public places. So it's going to be hot. You're going to need multiple masks. You're going to sweat through them. You're going to have to change them. So our Disney do is if you plan to go this summer, do bring a ton of masks because you're going to need them. For sure. I just ordered a bunch myself this week because I need them even not for Disney. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that does it for all the news that's been dropping. Hopefully that's helped you. It is pretty confusing. So, you know, if you have any questions, please email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com. Connect with us on Twitter at WDWDeciphered or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. One last note, for this Disney Park Pass system, your travel agent, even if I'm your travel agent, cannot do this for you because you need to sign a COVID-19 waiver online before you make your park reservations. So it's something you're going to have to do yourself. So if you have any questions, please let us know. We can help you. That's all the news. It's a lot, I know. Anyway, we want to thank everyone for listening and we want to thank everyone for sticking with us, you know, in these crazy times. Hopefully we'll get back to normal soon. Even if it takes longer than we hope, we will be here for you producing these podcasts. All right. Other than that, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, Leslie, and I will see you Monday, 4 a.m. Pacific time. Why don't you log on with me and see how it goes? No, thanks, Joe.